And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. Welcome back to 4 to 6 with A&B, your Ohio State podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is Bill Landis joined by Ari Wasserman. And Ohio State's playing this weekend. It looks like we had a converse, two conversations earlier in the week where we weren't sure if this is going to happen. And we're recording this on Friday morning because we weren't sure if this was going to happen. And we wanted to... I guess kind of hold off to see how this week progressed and it progressed pretty well for Ohio state. And then they're going to get on a plane on Friday night is the plan. I'm going to get in a rental car in a couple hours and drive to East Lansing. And there is apparently going to be a football game on Saturday afternoon, Ohio state down some players against Michigan state. Kind of surprised we're here. Ari. Yeah. It went from, I don't know how Ohio state's going to play five games to they might play seven. Well, we can talk about the seven uh, later in the show because uh, I think I think they're going to play five, and they're probably going to play in the Big Ten championship. What happens in between them is uh, a little up in the air right now. But yeah, they're going to at least get the to get to the five this weekend, and that was certainly not a given, you know, six days ago. Yeah, I mean, I guess we shouldn't count our blessings just yet because there's still 24 hours until the game. But, you know, once Ohio State returned to the practice field earlier in the week uh, and they said that they were able to separate the ones who were quarantined um, from the team members that weren't impacted by it um, and they returned to the Woody to work out, I thought that was a very strong indication that they were able to feel comfortable enough at least to know that they isolated the virus. And the fact that it happened so early in the week, um, it means that – uh, or it meant to me at least that they had it under control enough to potentially play this game on Saturday. And the fact that we're here on Friday now and the game's still on, Ohio State's been practicing. Uh, we've gotten hints that Justin Fields is going to play. Um, I think that you should feel pretty good about just how quickly that Ohio State uh, was able to manage this. And, and the fact is, is that as, as scary as it was that Ohio State didn't play the Illinois game and it created podcasts where we were debating and content items about debating whether Ohio State should get in at 4-0, you know, and all the, the crazy stuff, it looks like to me that uh, they're in a position now to at least get the six wins, um, six and zero, oh, and, and potentially a, uh, either a Big Ten championship, depending on what happens with that rule, um, or six and zero oh with a, a win in championship weekend. And I think those resumes are very similar. So, as things stand right now, I don't know that it, you should completely let off the gas of panic, uh, but I think considering the the podcast that we recorded a week ago. Uh, things have progressed quite nicely for Ohio State in their quest to win not only a Big Ten title, but a national title. 
I've been covering Ohio State since 2014. You've been covering them since 2010. Is that right? Oh uh, nine was 2009. Yeah. Is this the most anticipated regular season game against a team that has two wins that you can think of? What do fans like the most? They like the future. They want to read about the future. They want to read about recruiting. They want to think about what happens next year. And if Ohio State's roster is decimated by uh, quarantines, then you're going to get to see the future in the present. And although that might not be the most comforting feeling, considering the fact that the Michigan game is eight days away at this point, um, the fact that we might get to see some new faces and some of those highly recruited names on the field makes it at least the most interesting game. Um, And I find it strange because we're talking about a 24-point spread here. I don't know how you would even begin to gamble on that game if you don't know who's playing in it. Um, But like we said before, depending on how much uh, talent is not able to play, I think all Ohio State has to do is get another game on their schedule, get a win, get out of there, and and hopefully uh, try to figure out a way to play this Michigan game in a week. Somebody uh, gave us a two-star Apple review because we talk too much about the betting lines, and that's not sports journalism. So if that person is listening, cover your ears right now when I ask this question. Are you surprised the line hasn't moved at all? It opened at 24. It's still at 24. And we know Ohio State's going to be down players. And I always think like Vegas always knows a little bit more than we do. It's odd to me that the, that the line hasn't moved. Well, which way would you think it would move? Closer to Michigan State, right? Well, the reason why I ask you that is because if you rem- remember when Wisconsin was in a very similar situation, actually probably even a more severe situation because they had a huge outbreak. Um, and they were returned to the field after missing two games against Michigan, the spread opened like Michigan minus three and ended Michigan plus seven. And like Mm. during that entire move, uh, I was like, why is Michigan getting points? Why is Michigan getting points? And I bet Michigan plus seven because I thought, we don't even know if Graham Mertz or any of the quarterbacks are going to play. We don't know if there's any walk-on linemen who are going to have to play. We don't know. And then they came out and won by a 1,000. So like from that standpoint, I think it's more concerning if you're an Ohio State fan that it's not moving at all in in any direction because this seems to be the right right play, but also the spread is much bigger than that game, and that game was uh, between a team that has completely lied down. So I don't know like if there's very many parallels, but you know I think 24 seems to be like a reasonable thing, and even if they have a bunch of backups missing um, or backups playing and starters missing, I do think like 38 14 or 38 10 or. 42-17 is a very reasonable score. Um, you know, and it's just kind of an interesting dynamic because you have to talk yourself through how many starters, and we're not going to give out any names, not that we know them, but we're just going to talk about in general numbers here because we don't know who's going to play, but how many starters would Ohio State have to be down for you to start worrying whether or not they could actually win this football game? Yeah, against this team quite a bit. Um and by the way, uh, please balance out that person who gave us two stars by giving us five stars because we know you like the podcast. Um, How much? What's the math there? Do we need to get we need to get three five stars to balance out that one two star because he was sensitive about the thirty seconds that we talk about gambling lines on every show? Yeah, I think at least three three five stars will balance that out. Um, please help us out, please guys. Please help us. We're sure, yeah, we need it. Um, I, I, yeah, Ohio State would have to be down. I don't know half of its starters. I think, and and that's the thing. I, I, we don't know what exactly this is going to look like. The Ohio State's availability report is not going to be out until Saturday morning. From what I've heard, I don't think there's any reason to fear that an entire position group has been wiped out, which has happened in some cases. 
Um, they are going to be down some starters, and there have been some hints about what it could look like. Kevin Wilson, as you mentioned, said Justin Fields' name. That was either an elaborate ruse or, or him slipping up and, and dropping a, a, uh, the most important name when we're trying to figure out who's going to play because Ohio State, and I give them credit for this all this week, they typically tweet out pictures from practice or videos from practice, and uh, the first set of photos they tweeted out had blurred faces. You couldn't tell who they were, and then the, every basically photo since then has been like a freshman who doesn't play, and I think it's hilarious. It's like it's been like or like Cade Stover. Um, I think like Ronnie Hickman was in one, and like these are guys who could play, but it's like Ohio State could give you some hints as to who's available with their social media account because we know that there are starters available who are going to play on Saturday, and they're like not giving anything away on social media, and I kind of think it's hilarious that they're playing it that close to the vest. What do you think? This is like some supposed to be some competitive advantage here or something? I don't know. Like, what's why do you think that? What's the advantage of moving the availability report from Friday to Saturday? Uh, well, it typically comes out on Friday morning, and they need to do more testing. Um, I think that's mostly why it's coming out. Yeah, on that's Saturday. fair. Um, I don't. It's probably part competitive advantage, but I think it's mostly they don't have all the like they could give us an availability report on Friday, and then on Saturday it can be vastly different based on their testing results from Friday afternoon or Friday night. Yeah. And we know Ryan is sensitive about divulging uh, injury information. That was like one of the first things he said when he took over as head coach. Like, I'm not going to talk specifically about injuries anymore, and Urban did. And I think that if you tell us who is playing, that tells us who's not playing. And, you know, I understand the idea of not wanting to, to divulge that information. So, you know, it's it's frustrating because at times, you know, you get some context and, and other schools have been more forthcoming with how many cases they have and, and who has those cases. Um but as things stand right now, uh, I think it's a good sign if, if you're trying to gamble on this game or at least try to get a good sense of how this could go that Justin Fields seems to be playing. Because what did Kevin Wilson say during interviews this week? Kevin Wilson is moving from the press box down to the sideline to help out Larry Johnson, who's the acting head coach. And Kevin said part of the reason he likes or wants to be down on the sideline this week is to, quote, look Justin in his eyes. Now, he could have been talking about Justin Hilliard. Uh, are there any other Justins <laughs> on the team? Justin Hilliard. Uh, so it's like I, th- I I think Justin Fields is going to play based off of, off of what was said because I just I don't think Kevin Wilson's like hey I'm going to slip in Justin's name to throw everybody off and then we're going to start CJ Stroud against Michigan State. Um, I guess it's possible, <laughs> but I don't think that's what's happening. Uh, so I fully anticipate Justin Fields is going to play, and that like changes the calculus on all of this. Um, yeah, if he wasn't playing, then then I'd expect a close game. Um, I still don't think I'd expect an Ohio State loss. But I certainly expect it to be closer. Like if he's out there, I mean that guy by himself is worth three touchdowns, right? Um, so I don't, I don't think Ohio State's walking into a situation where it should be fearful of losing because I don't think they're going to ha- be down so many starters that that you'd be worried about it. And also, it sounds like their best player is going to play. Yeah, three touchdowns is probably a little much because I think like Trevor Lawrence is worth six points. Um, and Ohio State's got a lot of uh, weapons on offense, I guess. But the question I have is, wouldn't it be an interesting dynamic if Ohio State were put in a position where Justin Fields couldn't play and it had to find which quarterback they wanted to play and then it turned into like a hint of what the future of this thing was going to look like? In terms of like interesting nature of this game, it would have been super fascinating if Ohio State had to try to figure out a way to win a football game without him. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, that's all anyone would have talked about coming off the game on Saturday is, is who started a quarterback and what they look like. Um, I mean, it's good. Like you don't want, you don't wish uh, anybody getting the virus, obviously, but oh, of course not. It would yeah. have been, uh, it would have been 
a pretty crazy storyline, I think, if Justin Fields is not out there and they had to decide between what I would assume would be C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller. Like, I don't, I don't think in that situation, if everyone's healthy, like Gunnar Hoke is getting the call to play quarterback against Michigan State. So it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Ohio State could stand to get into a game where they blow a team out and get C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller on the field because it's kind of crazy we've reached this point and really neither one of them have played anything close to significant stats. Um, but I also think that Ohio State's reached the point now where the games are, are getting are getting slimmer, slim pickings for opportunities to get on the field. I think they feel like they need to make statements whenever they get the chance to get out there, so I fully anticipate them keeping Justin Fields in the game as long as it takes to try to blow somebody out because they haven't been able to do that yet. Yeah, and, you know, and I think you know, considering the fact that I spent 35 minutes arguing with Andy Staples on his podcast earlier in the week about whether or not Ohio State or A&M would get in if they only played five or six games, um, I think it's a very interesting dynamic because on one hand, you know that Ohio State has to um, at least get to a certain threshold of wins to be considered uh, also. Uh, Ohio State hasn't really blown everybody out. And I, in, in a lot of the podcasts I listen to about college football during the week, um, have all made the point that Ohio State hasn't looked good in their games, and that kind of gives them pause about giving them a free pass if they don't play enough games. And I found that to be interesting because I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with that um, that thought process of it was 35-28 to 28 in the Indiana game. Ohio State doesn't look good. They messed around with Rutgers a little bit. Um, Nebraska moved the ball in the first half or pretty steadily, I, I think, in that game, even though they got blown out. What is your take on that? Like, do you think that Ohio State hasn't looked good or makes you wonder if you were like a third-party bystander who didn't cover the team that would be like, I don't know that I would put Ohio State in because they've looked shaky. Um, and it, it kind of like brings us right back to the Indiana debate of was that Indiana game um, a cause for concern long-term or was that a team that took its foot off its off the gas uh, in the fourth quarter once it was up 35-7. to seven. And it's just an interesting dynamic of how the country perceives Ohio State in terms of how good they are. Um, I think Ohio State has not looked, like I guess, as dominant as we thought they would look. Like We talked about them being a national title favorite. We, I think we both picked them to win a national title coming into the year. I don't think they quite looked that good, at least not defensively. But when you say they haven't looked good – like compared to whom like everyone's had that like the kind of games where you like take a step back and think like oh maybe they're not as good as you think they are like in Alabama to their credit has gotten that turned around Clemson has played well um I guess they've only played once uh since they lost Notre Dame but but they look good doing it um A&M like is the inverse of Ohio State and that their offense is totally underwhelming Florida's defense is not particularly good like all these teams that are in the conversation I think you can say that about so like is the answer just those teams played more games you have more uh, evidence of teams being uneven than you do of Ohio State so then you pick the teams who who have given you more evidence of them being uneven over Ohio State like that doesn't make any sense to me so well I think the the argument here Bill is that A&M beat Florida and has like a, a, a quintessential quality win and Florida is in the conversation because it looks awesome right now and actually will get the chance to play Bama. So, you know, as things usually go when you have um, college football playoff discussions weeks before the regular season ends, there's a lot of what-ifs and a lot of um, answers that will be, you know, given through the results of games. But it's just interesting dynamic because Texas A&M specifically doesn't have very many games left. They have Auburn this weekend and they're only a six and a half point favorite on the road. And, you know, it seems like that is a, a place that Texas A&M who loves to break their fans hearts every year would, would fall. 
but they have a very reasonable schedule left. And then the question is Ohio State resume, Ohio State total number of games, and how Ohio State has looked versus the Texas A&M resume where they beat Florida and finished 9-1 and one or 8-1 and one or whatever they're going to finish because they played a full or almost full schedule. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't. I wrote this after the playoff rankings came out. Like, I don't really care about Texas A and M. Like, I don't think Texas A and M is a threat to Ohio State. I think the only teams that are threats to Ohio State are Florida if it beats Alabama and Notre Dame if it loses close to Clemson. Um, I get like I know that Gary Barda said like, oh, we had a lot of discussion about A and M and and Ohio State because Ohio State's played so few games. Like, it's great you had a lot of conversation at the end of it when you finished. Ohio State was still ahead of them. So, like, I don't like. Are they going to change their minds next week? Because Texas A&M beats a bad Auburn team or a bad Tennessee team, like I don't know, like what's going to happen. Is Auburn better than any team that Ohio State's played this year? Is Auburn better than any team Ohio State's played this year? Yeah, I think Auburn is better than Rutgers and Nebraska. In Indiana, I don't think Auburn's better than better than Indiana. If they played head to head on the on the same field, you wouldn't pick Auburn to beat Indiana. No, I mean on a neutral field, no. Interesting. Yeah, because that's the thing that you have to understand uh, or that you have to take into account. If the committee views Auburn as a semi-quasi-quality win, um, that's just another bullet point that you can add to A&M's resume. But the thing that I also don't understand is are we going to hold them accountable for the loss uh, against Alabama where they lost by like 40? Because, you know, everybody likes to talk about quality wins, but in this whole discussion of whether or not Ohio State can get in or not, the discussion is they haven't played enough games and the discussion seems to overlook the teams that are being compared to have lost. So, like, what's the bigger penalty here, Bill? Is losing a game a more reason for penalty or not playing against Indiana, Maryland, and Michigan the bigger penalty? You know, and it's just yeah. like, I understand at some point the season has to mean something. I'm not pretending like, you know, playing games and accumulating wins isn't important. But in a world where we're trying to decipher who the four best teams are in the sport, what needs to matter more? How many games you've played or how many losses you have? Uh, I don't know. My like my opinion, like this year, like I don't know if one thing should weigh more than the other because it's a super weird year. I guess in general it's losses, but, but this season I'm not sure that's the case. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think this committee has to look at all these teams, like actually watch the football games and determine which one they think is better based off the evidence they have. And like, if uh, are we going to penalize teams for trying to play football during a pandemic and, and ding them because they've played fewer games? Like, I, I guess you can do that. And in the end, it's their prerogative. They can do whatever they want. But 
to go out of your way. I've said this before to go out of your way and say there's no minimum games requirement and then to ultimately ding a team because they didn't play enough games like it's hypocritical. So if you watch Ohio State play and you watch Texas A&M play and you think Texas A&M is better, I'll tell you you don't know what you're looking at because I don't think Texas A&M is very good. Um, I think Florida might maybe, but I still think Ohio State's better than Florida. I think there are Florida four, and there are clearly four teams that are better than the rest of the country. I think Ohio State is in that in that group. Now the results have to matter at, at some point. I agree with that, but I'm not. I don't know. I'm not keeping Ohio State out because they've only played six or seven games because A and M played two more games than them or Florida played two more games than them. Like it's. I think it's ridiculous. But it's also a combination of played four or five games, haven't looked all that sharp in the games they have played. Do you think that even I mean, in a world where we said on the podcast on, on Monday that we think that all Ohio State has to do, especially if they're missing a lot of players out of their starting lineup, is to go out and get a win to add to their win column, whether it's by one or by 30, do you think that they have to start looking stylish? Like, is that an important factor in all this, or do you think they just need to get a win with whatever they have out on the field on Saturday? It's an, They're in an interesting spot right now. Like, this week, I think it's just get a win. And it'll be fascinating to to talk with Gary Barda next Tuesday, assuming Ohio State wins this week, about how they process that. And we need to see how many starters Ohio State's down first. But if Ohio State's missing, you know, more than a handful of starters and goes out and beats Michigan State, I'm not so sure it really matters all that much what that looks like. Like, if, if Ohio State's defensive problems don't seem like they're fixed, and part of that is because they're playing a bunch of freshmen in the back end of their defense because guys are out to the testing positive for COVID, and I don't know that's going to be the case. I'm just using that as an example. Like, how do you hold that against Ohio State? Like, they didn't, they didn't hold the fact that Clemson lost without Trevor Lawrence against Clemson. So why would you do that to Ohio State? It's almost like things are, are kind of like in a stalemate right now, and you need to wait and see Ohio State in like its fully realized form again, which probably wouldn't be until the Big Ten Championship or whatever game happens that weekend. So I think as long as Ohio State wins, that it's kind of locked into that four spot, and then you get to the final weekend of the season where you're playing for a championship or you're playing a ranked Wisconsin or, or Iowa, you have your sort of your full team back, and then you make your final judgment based on that. But I don't, I don't know how you start moving up moving teams up and dropping teams when they're missing guys due to COVID protocols when you've kind of already told people that you, you're you not going to penalize teams for that by keeping Clemson at number three, even though they lost. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. And it's like even in the – we both agree that there's one disaster scenario here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I used to, like, joke on this podcast, there's no possible way that an undefeated Ohio State team and Big Ten champion would ever be left out of the playoff in favor of four one-loss teams. And it's like, is that now in conjunction with the fact that Ohio State might only play six games a real concern to you? I think it's real. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying don't worry about it. I, my personal opinion is that in the end it won't matter. But I think it's worth talking about. It's worth monitoring. Um, it's definitely going to be talked about in the in the selection room. Um, I do I do think they're going to get seven games. Like assuming that that Ohio State has passed its own issues with with COVID and can play it's like is ready to play the next three weeks um and I guess we can move maybe talk about what's going to happen next week I, I think they're going to get a game um whether that's against Michigan whether that's a second game against Nebraska or whether the Big Ten kind of shakes up the schedule and lets Ohio State play Maryland and makes Rutgers play Nebraska like I think there are options on the table I'd be pretty surprised if Ohio State's not playing a game next weekend even if it's not against Michigan yeah, I also saw the interesting uh, comment from Barry Alvarez, the Wisconsin athletic director, about reorganizing the inclusion rules of the Big Ten championship game because I think everybody's aware of who the best team in the Big Ten is and just trying to get 
Ohio State a platform to showcase its ability to potentially get into the playoff because that's important to the conference. I mean, it's it's got to be. It right? is, yeah, yeah. No, I think it is, and and they've not. I think people have been waiting for movement on that, and and the Big Ten has not done anything this week to change its its six game requirement. They're not at the point yet where they have to. Assuming Ohio State plays this week and plays a game next week, then it's okay. I think if if we get to like midweek next week and it's clear that Ohio State's not going to play for whatever reason, I think maybe they revisit it, and um, people in the Big Ten will be upset about them changing the rules for Ohio State. And I guess that's what they would be doing, but they'd also be like legitimizing their own conference championship, which I also think is important. Like, this, why should Indiana get a chance to play for the Big Ten championship when it lost to Ohio State? Um, so I think that could be coming, but if they don't have to change it, I don't think they will change it. Um, but I think they appreciate like Barry Alvarez carries weight, and it's a, it's an athletic director decision too. It's not something the presidents have to get involved in. So if, like if Barry Alvarez wants to throw his weight around, Gene Smith certainly would. Um, and, and I think some of the other ADs in around the league could get get behind the idea of legitimizing your championship. So I'm not super worried about Ohio State not playing in the Big Ten championship unless something else happens where it's not able to play at all that weekend. I want Ohio State, and I've just been fantasizing about if Michigan can't go, who they could play instead. And I know that maybe that's painful for some fans because I think, you know, I heard some and read some tweets and heard some comments about how Ohio State fans would rather play the Michigan game than play the Big Ten championship game just because of how much that game means to them. Was that based on a but Twitter if, poll that like literally anybody can vote on, including Michigan fans? No, I heard it on a, a podcast I was listening to. <clears throat> okay. What poll are you talking about? I saw somebody put a poll out that said, like, would you rather play Michigan or Northwestern? And I think Michigan was the lead. But it's like, I know, some Russian robot could have voted in that poll. <laughs> Oh, no, no. I was listening to the Bear and Stanford Steve podcast, and the producer's an Ohio State guy, and he went on and talked about how he feels like he would rather play the Michigan game than the Big Ten championship game. And I think it's a, a normal sentiment that fans want to play the rivalry game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know I don't know that uh, you know that's a weird take. It, it's just a, a matter of if that game can't happen, I would love to see. And maybe Ohio State has something to gain on this, but like one of these in-state, like an in-state matchup with Cincinnati would be great. If I'm yeah, not saying not it's realistic, that, they're not going to change the rules of play non-conference games. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad because if there's a, a situation where you need a game, Ohio State could very much benefit from playing a team like Cincinnati and BYU because a, I think we both know that they would beat those teams, but b, it would also be a nice little bullet point for the resume to like cut the crap with all the all the uh, discussion about them not getting in. And I don't know if that's just uh, uh, media fodder of us talking about it, and it's not really a concern to Ohio State because they feel comfortable about their placement. But if Ohio State can't play Michigan uh, next weekend and then they end up playing Maryland, that would suck. It would be good for Ohio State to get an extra game in, but it would it would really suck. Yeah, it would, it would take the air out of the week for sure. Um, the one thing, like I will say, it's, it's Friday morning when we're, we're having this discussion. Michigan is currently shut down. The earliest they can get back to practice is on Monday. The AP reported that Michigan had 12 positive tests, which is around what Ohio State was. We don't know Ohio State's exact number. All we know is that they passed the population positivity threshold, which means it was at least 13 people, um, and they're playing. So Michigan, I, I think – it's possible Michigan plays next week. They'll be shorthanded too, just like Absolutely. I think. Just like I think Ohio State will. So it's like that news broke, and everyone's like, "Oh, Kirk Kerb Street was right." And like, it's like, first of all, it's bullshit. Um, second of all, I can't all, believe he said that on TV. Yeah, I mean, he apologized for it. He knew what he said. Yeah. Um, but like, they're in a similar situation to what Ohio State was in before it canceled the Illinois game. And again, I think it requires a massive stroke of luck, and it seems like Ohio State got that this week. 
but it's certainly possible that Michigan gets its arms around this thing a little bit and is in the position to play Ohio State on December 12th. So that game's not canceled yet. I think they need to make a quick decision on it, like early next week, and see where Michigan is. And then if Michigan doesn't look like it's in a place where it can go by, by Tuesday, then you need to start moving some stuff around. But I think as we talk about this now on Friday, there's I think there's a reasonable chance that Ohio State-Michigan happens. Yeah, yeah, I think it's reasonable. I feel like the timeline of Michigan's shutdown correlates, like you said, directly to when Ohio State did it. So if they take it as seriously and handle the protocols the same way and they're fortunate enough to avoid a major outbreak, then they're on, on par with how much time it took Ohio State. I mean, what? it's even more time. They shut down their team activities on Monday, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Ohio State shut down theirs, what, last Thursday? Friday. They practice on Friday, Friday and then shut it down. So, you know, they have an extra almost full week to get this under control. And, again, it's unpredictable, and you don't know exactly who's going to catch it, how many people are going to catch it, and how they're going to catch it. But, you know, if they have people quarantined and, you know, are shorthanded and aren't playing this week, it's more than enough time to get ready, especially if they can return to practice on Monday. So, you know, I think it's completely reasonable. The other thing, too, is, and I think Mitch Sherman had this, uh, our Nebraska writer talking to the Nebraska AD, um, about the potential that instead of playing crossover games in the championship weekend where one plays one, two plays two, and so on, that like they might try to get Wisconsin to Minnesota to play so they can get that rivalry game in. And I don't know if this would apply to Ohio State if they are hypothetically involved in the championship game to determine the Big Ten champion. But if they somehow can't play Michigan a week from Saturday, I almost feel like for the sake of the season – um, they should play Michigan that weekend instead if that's something that's more possible. That would still get them to six games or seven wins is if they play Maryland next week in this hypothetical scenario and then just determine the Big Ten champion based on, on records and winning percentage. Because, you know, I, I don't know if that's actually um, – possible just a matter of like what you think is more important is it more important for ohio state to play northwestern um in a game that determines the champion or is it more important for the big 10 ohio state and even michigan to play a rivalry game that's happened every year for 100 years it's an interesting question i think um the the playoff matters the most i think right in all this like getting getting to the playoff and i think playing a ranked Northwestern team matters more in that context. The, the committee, Gary Barta said this, you know, anytime you play a, a highly ranked team, that's a good that's a good metric for us. It's a game we want to watch because it's a game we learn a lot from. And Michigan's not good this year. So I, if, I'm, if I'm Ohio State, and I, like, I very much respect the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry, if I'm Ohio State and I'm in that position, I'd rather play Northwestern for the Big Ten Championship because I want to get the trophy. I want to play the ranked team and, like, don't – give the committee like any wiggle room to not put me in the playoff because like I didn't play the best possible team on championship weekend and get a trophy that I earned on the field I wonder how Ryan Day would answer that question Ooh, I don't know and this is purely I know how Urban would would answer that question yeah I mean I think I know how Ryan would answer the question too yeah, I don't. I don't know that the difference. It's not like they're playing a one loss ten and one Wisconsin. You know, I, I don't know that uh, beating Northwestern is going to be the the thing that determines whether or not Ohio State is qualified enough. I think if Ohio State beat Michigan sixty six to fourteen and or Northwestern forty five to twenty four, like it's the same thing. Is it? Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. I mean. I think as a reasonable football observer, we know that Northwestern isn't some sort of world beater right. that's going to that's that's not going to legitimize yourself as a as a team that 
is now worthy of the playoff because you weren't before. You know, it might have legitimized Northwestern's chance to beat if they beat Ohio State of being concerned that way, but Ohio State doesn't need that game to legitimize itself. You don't and think like it needs the, to beat a ranked team? Or would it, I mean, it'd be better served, obviously, to be the ranked team. But you I don't mean, yeah, for sure. It? Like on the resume, to, what is Northwestern even ranked right now? I don't 14th. even remember off the top of my head. Are they 14th or 15th? So to beat a top 15 team, add that to Indiana, especially now that the cachet of Indiana might be. I mean, they're 14 point dogs this week, which I think is a lot. Um, but um, you know, I don't know, man. I I don't know exactly how much. I mean, we know that the committee loves uh, quality wins. But I know that we love the committee loves top ten, top eight wins. I don't know that they really give a shit about fifteen n- number fifteen wins, especially considering the fact that after Northwestern loses to Ohio State, they'd probably be like twenty fifth. Yeah, and I mean, that's not even a guarantee that they're not going to lose again. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. It's just that, like Northwestern was a team they had in the top 10 two weeks ago. It's just hard to figure out. It's like what well, you and I think of Northwestern. We don't think Northwestern's very good, but like the old football people in that room, are like, oh, they play great defense. Pat Fitzgerald's a great head coach. They're a solid team. They don't make mistakes. It's like that's a quality win. It's like, all right, well, that's all that matters is what they think. And I think it would matter much more to Ohio State's chances to beat a team that is currently ranked in the top fifteen that apparently that committee likes enough to have in a top eight or top ten two weeks ago than it would be to go beat a Michigan team that's looked terrible all year. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean. I- it's not really much of an argument to say that a top 15 team is more valuable on paper than a non-top 15 team. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think I mean, that's I mean, a hot, like, that's a hot that. take. It's that's just a matter a of if you're, just, if you're Ohio State, then what do you value more? The sanctity of the rivalry or the, the bullet point on your resume? Yeah, and how much do you fear that bullet point on your resume being the, the it factor in the eventual selection? It's like if, if you replace Northwestern with Michigan State – or with Michigan, excuse me, is the committee going to go, oh, what, those two teams are very different? Like, 
Especially considering yeah. the fact that a committee, the old coaches in the committee room that you said thinks Northwestern doesn't make mistakes and plays great defense, also are the same types of people that would say throw the records out in a rivalry game. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I just saw something on Twitter that Ohio State would be a 28.5 point favorite over Michigan if that game is played. Yep. So, like, I mean, we're starting to get into bonkers land. And I still think I would lay those points because. I think Ryan wants to, you know, throw seventy-five up there on the scoreboard if he can, or a hundred. Yeah. Um, and Michigan is completely dysfunctional, and as you know, for all intents and purposes, given up. But I just mean like they've got murals in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, like counting down the clock to the game. Fans think about it, talk about it every day. Fans uh, pay attention to recruiting columns about Michigan when it has nothing to do with them because this is something that Ohio State fans are obsessed with. And you know, I, I know that. The Northwestern debate is interesting, and I know that winning a Big Ten championship is something that you want to hang in your football building, but I also know, too, that the sport is also about, like, tradition and uh, feeding the desires of matchups you want to see, and, like, if you would have asked 100 random Ohio State fans before the year, what game are you most excited for? Don't you think, like, 85 of them would have said Michigan? Yeah, Maybe 15 would have said Penn State, or 10 would have said Penn State, and 5 would have said Nebraska because it's the opener. Like it's the most important game on their schedule. If uh, if Alabama's game with Auburn was canceled and they were looking for a time to play it, and then they came to Alabama and said, "Like, hey, let's just not play the SEC championship. You guys play Auburn that weekend instead to make sure you guys get that game." And what do you think Nick Saban's response would be? Um. Well, the thing about it is, is that like there have been some really shitty SEC championship games in the last five years. Um, I think didn't Alabama play Missouri one year? And, like, there were a few games that weren't very good. It's like this SEC championship game actually is going to determine the playoff. So it's different than the Big Ten because the Big Ten, you don't need that game to determine who the best team in the Big Ten is. You need Florida to play Alabama. So I think there's a little bit of a different scenario there. And I do think, too, like in the ACC – You've got the most anticipated conference championship game of the year. I don't know which one you'd be more excited to watch, round two of uh, Clemson-Notre Dame or Florida-Play-Bama. But like those two games are like the two games that are going to influence Ohio State's positioning in the playoff if they only get six games. I don't think whether or not Ohio State plays Northwestern has any bearing whatsoever on how the committee's going to view them, even if it would be slightly better because they have a top 15 win. And it wouldn't be a top 15 win anymore because if they beat them, they'll be in the 20s. Yeah, I don't know. I just like I. Th- I think it would matter. I think it would actually matter quite a bit. It just makes it easier for them. It makes it easier for them to justify putting Ohio State in with having having only played six or seven games. If their last game is beating a team that they currently have ranked, like whatever, like whatever their top fifteen or top twenty, whatever. There's a number next to their name, and there's no number next to Michigan's okay. name. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to throw some shit out here. Okay, ready? Okay. Ohio State has clinched the Big Ten East, right? Mm-hmm. Northwestern has clinched the Big Ten West, right? Well, no, no. Uh, Ohio State could technically lose the next two weeks, no. So, no, they haven't clinched Oh, it. they haven't. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and Indiana, if they won the next two, they would win it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say play the Big Ten championship game next Saturday and then hit Michigan after. That afterward. crossed my mind, too, if they could move it up a week. I thought about that as well. Like um, if Indiana loses on Saturday, which they're going to probably – because they don't have their quarterback and they're playing Wisconsin, like then they would clinch the East, and then you would have two, the two sides would be set. I get behind that idea. 
played a week earlier, played Michigan the week the next week. This is why this is the this is the the, the meeting of the minds right now. You, you know, think, we're, we're, do you think Kevin Warren just wrote that down as he was listening to this? I'm gonna tweet it after we're done with this. So you know, I, I just, think that's right. I, right. So Ohio State, Ohio State is four and zero. Indiana is five and one. Indiana loses this week. Indiana's five and two. At best, they could finish six and two. Ohio State wins. It's five and zero. Yeah, that's it. It's that's over, it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because Maryland, I think, already has two losses, and that's the only other team that was alive. Maryland, but Maryland, which was alive for a Big Ten uh, title game berth before its game against Michigan this week, yeah, got just canceled. give just give Ohio State, Michigan, the Army Navy treatment. Like everything's over with. I'm hundred percent behind this idea. I'm a, like, I love this idea. You got to handle your business this week. Beat Michigan State. Beat Michigan State. Root from Wisconsin, and that way there's no hey, you took the championship away from so and so. Uh, and then you know, I guess Wisconsin would have a gripe, but they lost directly to the team that would go in front of them. It's all it's pretty clean. That'd be such a ass backwards thing to do this year, but I guess it's it's fitting to play the Big Ten championship and then, and then play Michigan also, next week. Also, if you muck that all up, it then creates an opportunity for you just to create the best crossover matchups that you can come up with with the rest of the conference if they're ready to play. Yeah, like who can get the Wisconsin Minnesota game? It doesn't matter who. Plays like, does anybody give a shit yeah, if like matter. Maryland and Rutgers play? No. Like, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. Like, yeah, just so just at that point, create the best matchups. Give the rivalry games that didn't get to play a chance to play, and then create like Nebraska and Michigan. Like, well, I'd watch that. <laughs> I think because <laughs> I'm a sicko. <laughs> I, I can get I don't know. Indiana's going to ruin this now. Indiana's going to beat Wisconsin with Jack Tuttle at quarterback, and then the yeah. stream's going to go out the window. Yeah, but that is that is Jack I Tuttle's think actually pretty good. That's a I reasonable think that solution. Spreads a little bit. That 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 spread is a little crazy. It's fourteen. Yeah, I think it's. A, I don't know. I think Indiana's a little bit better than that. And I like on Jesse Temple on the big with Jesse Temple on the big football show this week. I picked Wisconsin, and the second it was over, I'm like, why did I do that? Yeah, I would never put my money on that. 14's a lot. I didn't like. I think Jack Tuttle was like five of five when he came in for Michael Penix, who's out for the year. Um, Jack Tuttle, I think Ohio State fans know, was the guy that Ryan Day was going to watch when he discovered Chris Olave. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Jack Tuttle can do Chris Olave a favor by losing this weekend. That's exactly what I uh, I wrote after the Indiana game last year. Remember? Yeah, I it's do. A good angle. That. Yeah, it is a good angle. Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, Sam Hubbard used to play lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was a little bit more creative than that. <laughs> no, at the, time, at the time it was, but now it's that's the, that's the Chris yeah. Olave story. Ryan Day was going to watch Jack Tuttle. Chris Olave used to play lacrosse. Okay, so Ohio yeah. State plays Michigan State and wins. Indiana plays in Wisconsin and loses. Then Ohio State and Northwestern, which has already clinched the West, play in the Big Ten title game next weekend. And then on December 19th, which is my birthday, Michigan plays Ohio State. When's your birthday? December 19th. What do you want? Um, socks. Okay. I turned thirty-two. That's crazy. You feel old? I felt old when I turned thirty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm turning thirty-four in July, and I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I'm middle aged now. Yeah. yeah, it's all downhill from here. I really hope your idea happens. I'm like, I'm very, I'm very on board with this now. I mean, it makes sense. Why wouldn't they do it? What would be the reasoning for not doing it? Well, there's no reason to do it if Michigan can play. So I guess, like, if Michigan is out um, next week, then I think that's when you that's when you would have to have that discussion. But if Michigan can play next week, then you just keep it in the normal order. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, 
And I hope they can because it would just be. But also moving it up too, Bill, would put you in a position where you could crown your Big Ten champion. And like the sooner you do it, the more it's in the books, the more you mitigate the risk of getting the virus again. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out which one I want. What, what. Would you want to play it sooner if everybody's healthy or, or give it more time? If everyone's healthy, like what's the better way to do it? Well, that's a, like that's a fair question too, because as far as we know, like Northwestern, Northwestern hasn't had any issues, I believe. So like they're they are what they are, and Ohio State even next week would probably still be missing. Would definitely be missing whoever tested positive, and could still be missing guys due to contract tracing. So they're not going to be. I think they're fully realized self until the, the weekend of the nineteenth. Um, I don't know if the Michigan game's important to you. I, there's, I, I don't think Northwestern is particularly good, but I guess there's a championship on the line, so you'd rather be your, your full self. But, like, playing – I don't really see any difference between playing, like, Michigan State, Michigan, and Northwestern shorthanded. Like, it's all kind of the same thing to me. Yeah, especially uh, considering the results of last weekend. Could you imagine – what would be a bigger statement, beating Northwestern 48-14 to 14 with your full uh, si- your full roster intact and everybody healthy or beating them, like, 31 to nothing with your backups? Yeah, 31 to nothing with your backups. <laughs> or 31-10 with your backups. Beating Wisconsin at fifty nine nothing with your backup quarterback has worked well for Ohio State in the past. So yeah, um, it'll be interesting. I'm very like I, I'm I'm excited that it seems like Ohio State's going to play on Saturday against Michigan State. Um, and then You're also like, excited for the road pie on the way for up the road to East pizza. Lansing too. Don't act like that's not all. I picked up a rental car on Friday. It was like a bizarre experience because I haven't done that in like a year. Um, this is my first time traveling since we like were all at the combine for our athletic staff meeting. I haven't been on the road for really anything other than like doing. And we didn't get Marriott points for that one either. No, we did not because it was pre-booked. That's right. So yeah, if I were you, I would. Uh, it's pretty cold out there. I'm assuming I'd get in the rental car around one o'clock. You know, throw on some podcasts, maybe uh, hit that uh, speedway up in the uh, on the way up to Upper Sandusky. Maybe grab yourself some. Some white cheddar popcorn and maybe an Arizona iced tea, and just go live the dream, man. You got twenty four hours of pure joy in front of you. <laughs> Forty eight hours. I got two night two nights up in East Lansing. Oh, I just hope God. I just hope that when I get there, which will probably be around like six o'clock Friday night, that Ohio State's team plane is still scheduled to to leave Columbus at nine p.m. on Friday night. But it does seem like well, they're going to fly. If you pull a Nathan Baird and get up there, and the 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 team isn't there, then just go out to a nice dinner, expense it. Uh, go back to the room, watch college basketball, fall asleep, and just enjoy yourself. I mean, there's worse things that have happened. Sounds great. I've had I've had worse nights than that. You can go to uh, Max and Irma's like the last time you and I were in East Lansing together and get yourself some French onion. <laughs> no, chicken tortilla soup all day at Max yeah. and Irma's. That's the, that's the move at Max and Irma's. Okay, uh, so I'll wrap up there. Uh, quickly, b- before we end the show, a reminder. This is, this is an exploding offer now. Like, listen to this. You have until midnight on on. Friday, so midnight, I guess, like when Saturday starts, to take advantage of this deal from the Athletic, theathletic.com slash four dash six, one dollar per month for twelve months, twelve bucks a year. Tell all your friends and family. We've had we had a bunch of people sign up this week, um, taking advantage of this offer when we told you about it earlier in the week. Don't miss out on it. It expires uh, Friday night. So if you're listening to this on Friday, you still have time. Theathletic.com slash four dash six. One dollar per month for twelve months, twelve bucks a year. You can read all of Ari's great recruiting stories, and if you are so inclined, maybe read one or two of mine. Um, leave us a five star review on Apple. We appreciate that as well. Leave a question there for us; we'll answer it in a future episode. Ohio State, Michigan State seems like it's going to happen Saturday at noon. I'll be there. It's going to be fascinating, and then we'll talk to you guys about it 
next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.